Hello, everybody. Welcome to It Was Tuesday with your host, James Chen. I am sitting at an awkward angle right now because you can probably see the lump right here that is twitching and now raising his tail. He, oh, there is the cat ear. And okay, here we go. Ugh. It's Nathan already. It's Nathan all along. So, I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are enjoying all the fighting game content that's been going on out there for everybody. There's so much happening uh, right now during these holiday weeks, and it's been very confusing uh, to keep track of a lot of this stuff. So, uh, uh, in particular, if you remember last week, you know, I did a World Warrior recap of uh, a bunch of people who qualified last week. I think last week I covered, was it seven or eight people who actually qualified during that, uh, during a, the past week? Uh, well, <laughs> we actually have a whole nother 14 people who have qualified <laughs> uh, since, uh, since last week because literally we just had the onslaught of World Warriors a World Warrior Finals this past weekend, and so uh, the qualifications don't stop, and so we're going to do another recap here this weekend. 14 players who have qualified now, so uh, that is giving us a much clearer idea of what to expect and who is going to be in there and what characters uh, it's going to end up being so let's actually go through these one by one in the order uh, that uh, that is that basically everybody uh, qualified for and again really want to give a shout out to uh, Super Yan uh, really using her spreadsheet here to keep track of everything as closely as possible. Uh, you can find her at super underscore underscore Yan, which is Y-A-N. And uh, basically, we'll have all of the qualifiers listed over there. So uh, definitely a very, very useful resource. Other people have been keeping track of it as well, as uh, such as Incross, who's been keeping track of everything also on Liquidpedia. So uh, a lot of good resources out there for keeping track. You can also check Capcom Fighters' actual Capcom Pro Tour website to see who's qualified. But... Let's go ahead and move over to the other screen over here. And as you can see right here, uh, literally this past weekend was these guys. All of these guys qualified in the past weekend. So uh, let's go through these one by one. And we're going to start here with... Uh, this is going to be the South Korea Regional Finals Top 8. And as I did last week, shout out to Spirit Zero, by the way. These are the guys who stream this. This is on their YouTube as well. Uh, but basically, we're going to go through each one of these matches, the last game of each match, uh, one by one, to see who qualified. And uh, in this particular instance, we are going to have Lashar from Korea qualify here after an ad plays. Uh, well, you know what? I mean, I can't be mad as a YouTube content creator. You just gotta have to uh, understand that they are useful. Here we go. So this is Lashar on player one side with the classic Chun-Li and Armper 
on a player two side with the Ken. And as we've talked about, Chun-Li is definitely starting to move up more and more in the uh, esteem of a lot of the Street Fighter VI players. And she is getting stronger and stronger as the game continues uh, to develop. So I know a lot of people have believed that we've kind of known exactly where the game is going already, but uh, the tier lists are still shaking up here. Um, I mean, if Armper did play Luke, I mean, he switched to Ken here, at, uh, maybe because he was having trouble getting past Lashar. But you can see here Lashar taking round number one pretty convincingly over Armper with this Chun-Li. And like I said, it, it, it's interesting because I really do feel like Chun-Li... Oh, God, that was such a late whiff punish. Holy crap. But, I mean, as you can see, one of the reasons why Chun-Li is so good, her buttons are amazing, especially that stand light punch. That stand light punch is probably one of the best stand light punches in the game, if not the best. Her, it's, it's her third strike light, light punch, too, which is funny because it has the same animation as her third strike standing light punch. So she kept that from Street Fighter 3 when she transitioned to Street Fighter 6. But Ken will Ken still. Safe jump set up for Ken. And oh, the corner pressure. The corner pressure. Ken's corner pressure is so ridiculous. But, I mean, that's the thing. That's why I feel like uh, you can't be strong in this game unless you have really good corner pressure. But that's the reason why I also believe that your character has to have an OD wake-up move as well. Because the corner pressure is so strong for so many characters that without an OD wake-up, you don't have that fear that you can uh, put into your opponents, basically. And things look like they were going Armper's way here, but now all of a sudden Lashar... With the slow comeback, the corner push, and again, one of the things that makes Chun-Li so strong now is the fact that, you know, she has probably the best suite of uh, supers, one of the best suite of supers in terms of having pure damage, and pure, in terms of having no, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, having no uh, install supers. Yeah, YouTube being very aggressive with the ads here. And burns herself out. So this is a scary situation for Lashar. But again, two level twos in, a row, in one round, which is really nice to have. And there you see it right there. Just on the back, was that like a single hit confirm here? How did he get that? Was that a whiff punish? see what how did he get this hit here oh god that basically was a single hit confirmed but he saw the whiff right there and so he just kind of knew what he had and so there you go lashar qualifies from south korea so that's our first qualifier out of 14 again there's a lot of qualifiers here so let's get through these guys quickly uh one after another here uh, Salt Mine League, shoutouts to Redis. This is the North uh, Europe Northeast region here. 
And uh, this is really, I mean, shout outs to Redis and the Salt Mine League guys. They ran three World Warrior qualifying tournaments this weekend alone. So this is the first time we're going to see Salt Mine League. You can check them out on Twitch and on YouTube. Just look up Salt Mine League. Very easy to find. We're getting it. We're getting it. Don't worry. We're getting it. But what's interesting here is that this is going to be Mirkin versus Phenom. And uh, I know Phenom has beaten Mirkin here uh, in the Salt Mine League, bef uh, you know, a, a couple of times in Grand Finals. But they're meeting up here in Grand Finals again. And as you can see here, Mirkin using the Luke. And Phenom has already qualified with the Ken. So Phenom is actually gatekeeping here at this point. Because if I'm not mistaken, Phenom qualified uh, through the CPT online already. Uh, so I think this is guaranteed Mirkin has, is, was going to qualify, but as we saw last week with all the gatekeepers, uh, the player who wasn't the gatekeeper actually ended up winning, uh, the majority of the time. So there's something very nice about winning your way into Capcom cup, as opposed to defaulting your way into Capcom cup. So I'm sure Mirkin would love to be able to take this uh, directly from Phenom rather than just going in there. But as you, like I said, Ken corner pressure is so strong. It's so strong. Right. And again, anybody who's mad about the gatekeeping has to understand that, dude, there's $2,500 on the line, dude. Let the players go and make their money, man. Just let them do it. But Phenom is on a tear right now until that level three. And that was a beautiful delayed drive rush button right there. Catch Phenom twitching. So Mirkin still has a chance to actually qualify uh, directly as opposed. Oh, but see, here we go. Phenom gets the hit. And unfortunately for Mirkin, uh, that means he didn't qualify for Capcom Cup directly. So Phenom, obviously a player who's extremely strong, is going to end up uh, finishing the gatekeep, essentially, and uh, defeat Mirkin here. But because he has already qualified, Mirkin does end up making it into Capcom Cup. So there you go. Uh, and then uh, we move to probably... One of the most hype uh, grand finals that we've seen from World Warrior. This is World Warrior East finals. Uh, I watched the entire top eight last night. Uh, again, this this tournament had uh, Zaffirino and Space Boy and Idom and Punk and Knuckle Doo and Mena RD. I mean, this tournament was absolutely insane. So uh, U.S. East is so stacked. I mean, Mena, Punk, Knuckle Doo, and Idom all playing in the same region. And uh, Banana Ken was in here as well. And uh, Idom even beat Banana Ken's uh, uh, JP with his own Manon. But unfortunately, uh, I mean, Punk set Mena RD to loser's bracket early on in the top eight looking dominant, but then Mena RD found his way and was able to take Punk out in uh, Losers Finals uh, and to come all the way back here. He did come to the loser side. He then reset the bracket versus Knuckle Dew in game number five. And then in the second set, we've reached another game number five. 
And so this is literally the final, final game of this tournament here. And sure enough, Mana RD stuck with the Blanca the entire time versus Knuckle Doo's uh, Guile. Yeah, and I know a lot of these players are saying, because US East um, CPT Online is still coming up. That hasn't played yet, so players like Knuckle Doo and Punk still have a chance to make it into Capcom Cup. But if Knuckledoo or Punk doesn't make it through that online, I don't know if they're going to the last chance qualifiers. There's actually a possibility that, you know, they're just going to chalk it up to can't make it in this year and, and hope for a different format next year. Yeah, so Mana did try to pick JP in the first set. He picked him once uh, when it was 1-1, but Knuckledoo beat him. And so Knuckle Dew went up 2-1, and Mena RD then switched back to Blanca 1-2 straight to reset the bracket. And you see right there, that crouching medium punch from Blanca is so good, as you can see Knuckle Dew right now at match point. But Blanca gun Blanca, as you can see here, Blanca's just going to do his thing. Like, and then he gets to set up another Blanca-chan. Oh, and now, oh boy. I still don't know how Knuckle Dude did that uh, autocorrect on that flash kick right there. That was some timing to make sure that Blanca had passed over you. But we actually go to um, final game, final round here. This was streamed on uh, OG Yon's channel, by the way. Um, oh. So here we go, final game, final round, and that was the sickest link in the world. I have to highlight this again. Look at this. He got a counter hit on a sonic boom and linked into drive rush jab all the way into the level three. And here we go, boom. And things are looking bleak for Mena. Can you imagine a Capcom Cup without two-time uh, champion mena rd knuckle do is just closing this round out like this look how solid he's playing uh but then again blanca has level two so look at the chip damage that knuckle do is taking from level two because he's burned out and there's a no escape drive impact here i mean mena rd literally i think could kill him if he could build up to a level one instead he goes for the setup over here and he can throw you in the middle of the Blanca-chan bounce. Look at this. You block one hit of the Blanca-chan here. Block. And he throws you before the Blanca-chan hits you again. And Mana RD with the comeback. And he qualifies. And Knuckle do two sets in a row. Just missing. Uh, qualify for Capcom Cup. So that was brutal uh, for Mana RD. Shout out to DF Pulse and Hizzle for the commentary. But again, this was streamed on OG Yon's channel, as you can see right here. Oh, hard to see. O-G-Y-A-W-N. Uh, they run uh, the carryout clash as well. But yeah, it was... Uh, ooh. Yeah, so uh, uh, Mana did say that he won't enter CPT East for the money. Uh, so, um, I mean, he's already won half a million dollars thanks to Street Fighter. 
So I don't think Meta RD is hurting for that $2,500 he could win there. So yeah, he's definitely not going to be entering that uh, online premiere and um, uh, going to leave it to Punk, Knuckledo, and Idom to try to make it. So, uh, the, no, no, this one is U.S. West. This is, U, I mean, U.S. East. So this one coming up is literally only for U.S. So no Canada in this one because Canada had its own Canada West and Canada East. Canada East took place last week where, um, what was it? Uh, who took it over Flux Waves? It was Joe Uma Rogan took it over Flux Waves. So that happened uh, last week, basically. Pretty sure it's supposed to be the uh, home address. And um, so then we move over to the Asia East regional finals, uh, which includes uh, areas like Hong Kong and Taiwan. We have another gatekeep scenario here with Chris Wong playing in the grand finals against Uma327. Chris Wong is the Luke who got second place at the Singapore offline premiere and then first place at the France offline premiere. So he's pretty much like one of the best in the world right now having achieved that. And so no surprise, he makes it here in grand finals, but he's gatekeeping Uma. Now, if you've watched a lot of the ICFC's uh, Asia's that we've done uh, on Tenno's channel that I've commentated with, you know that Uma is one of the strongest juries there are. And Uma here is going to try to qualify without by not defaulting and losing to Chris Wong. He's already in, but as you can see here, up 2-0. Whoa, that was loud. Uh, up 2-0, no spoilers here about who wins. <laughs> Surprise here. But yeah, Uma with probably one of the strongest juries that I know of. Uh, I love watching his jury. Uh, jury has to play very fundamentally, but Uma also has a lot of very jury things that... You know, he knows he has a lot of really evil jury tricks out there. Uh, so he's one of my favorite juries to watch for sure. But yeah, it's really nice to see a character like Jury get more representation now. She's had a few representations. Nephew is in there already, for example. But to get more, you know, over some Lukes and such. But look at this. Uma with the first round, just absolute domination here. Yeah, managed to get in with the drive rush. Oh, but Luke gonna Luke right here. Yeah, Uma was the season one champion of ICFC and then fell just short in season two to F champ, actually. Uh, F champ's Dalsum, but Uma was second place right behind F champ. Oh, wake up super from Chris. Luke gun Luke, Luke gonna Luke. And so now Uma's got to find a way in. Look at this, gets the throw. And again, just like Blanco with that level two. Oh boy, oh boy, a shimmy here. Oh, he didn't even activate the level two. But can he make this comeback here? Is he actually going to make this comeback here? 
Oh, there it is. Baits out the DP. Chris tried to steal his turn in this situation right here. So look at this. Uh, yeah, he's just hoping to go through the two jabs in a row, but Uma actually only got one jab, managed to block, and baits out the DP. And Uma from Taiwan qualifies uh, for Capcom Cup. And uh, again, since I've seen him so much in ICFC, and I really love his jury, uh, I think he's one of the strongest juries out there. It actually makes me very happy to see him qualify for this. So congratulations. This was streamed on Fireman Ruby's channel over here. You can see it's on their YouTube already, but also support them on Twitch. I believe this one was streamed on Albi Cup. Uh, well, actually, it's just Fireman Ruby 2 is what it is. So Fireman Ruby 2 is what it was streamed on over there. Uh, but shout-outs to uh, Uma. Oh, cool. <laughs> Thank you for show, for f catching us live for the first time, Hammered Wookie. Appreciate it. <laughs> Hammered Wookie. <laughs> That's all I'm going to think. <laughs> Uh, a small part of Canada. Are you talking about the Canada East, a lurker spine? Uh, so, uh, the world, oh gosh, what was it though? I know Canada and U.S. were linked in something. <laughs> I can't remember now, so. Uh, but then we're going to move to the Middle East here. For uh, Slash and Dash, this is streamed on V Slash Esports. So keep in mind, of course, that uh, Big Bird has qualified. He won the CPT online last weekend. Angry Bird has also already qualified for winning Evo. And so here in the grand finals, Fandroid is going up against Big Bird uh, in this situation. And I don't think this is the last match here. I think I missed the last match over here. Yeah. We, uh, I have the wrong set here. So let's actually, uh, go over here and get us to the proper last set. Uh, if YouTube wants to actually show up YouTube, there we go. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. So you saw earlier, Fandroid was rocking uh, the Ken, I think the Ken over here. So yeah, Fandroid was rocking the Ken and he decides to switch over to DJ over here against Big Bird. Big Bird came from loser's bracket. Big Bird came from loser's bracket, was able to reset and then goes up 2-0. But again, Big Bird has already qualified Oh, so it is uh, CPT US Canada East? Is that what it is? North America East? I'm not 100% not sure with the CPT thing. Oh, it is US Canada. Okay, so the World Warrior is separate, but the CPT US is, is combined together. I see. Right, so the on, CPT Online is US Canada. The World Warriors are separate for Canada and for... Um, and for US. But Big Bird reset the bracket 3-0 against Fandroid and is uh, working just basically to 3-0 him again in the grand finals reset. 
So uh, obviously Big Bird, one of the strongest players in the country, uh, really kind of taking it to Fandroid at this point. Now Fandroid has already qualified because Big Bird qualified already, but you'd like to go out showing that you have the ability to, you know, keep up with someone like Big Bird. But Big Bird, again, is it's Big Bird. It's not very many people on the planet can keep up with Big Bird at all. So you can see Big Bird having won the first set to reset the bracket 3-0. Not sure who actually sent him to loser's bracket, but he is here in the loser side, and he's basically trying to 6-0 Fandroid here in grand finals. Oh, dang, that was a bad confirm from Big Bird's side over there. Oh, but DJ is going to DJ. God, why does that work? Crouch heavy punch, punish counter, stand heavy punch, link into crouch light punch. Why does that work? Safe jump. Good defense from Big Bird. And yeah, Fandroid going from Ken to DJ. Interesting switch there. And like I said, it's... Oh, no! He thought he could link it into the up kicks, but he was still too far. And so Big Bird, yeah, ends up 6-0-ing Fandroid here in Grand Finals. But again, uh, and shout-outs to Slash and Dash right here. Again, uh, streamed on V slash eSports Twitch channel over here. Uh, this is on YouTube, however. I went to the YouTube channel to get it, and if I couldn't, then I went to the Twitch archive. Uh, but this is on the V slash eSports channel here uh, on YouTube, and then on Twitch, it's V slash eSports, all one word. But uh, Big Bird, oh, it was Abud B-Boy sent Big Bird to losers. 3-0, oh, wow, okay, impressive. Who was uh, Abud using? Curious what the character matchup was. Uh, but Big Bird comes back, takes it, and, uh, uh, oh, Luke. Okay, so Abud uses Luke. But uh, Fandroid does, is the one that qualifies, so now he's in Capcom Cup as well. Back to Salt Mine League number two. This is for Europe West. And this grand finals ends up being Takamura versus Libro. And uh, Takamura, of course, I've always said is one of the uh, best in the EU. Uh, in Street Fighter V, he was so close uh, to just being, like, literally one of the, like, of that level of being, you know, like a Problem X, like an Ending Walker, etc., etc. And I think he's pretty close uh, still. So Takamura, obviously, very, very strong here. Probably the favorite coming into this event, I would imagine so. As you can see here, he's up 2-1 in grand finals from the winner side. Hasn't been sent to losers at all. And then gets the shimmy at the end. Capcom Cup qualifying point, as the commentators said. Oh, nice perfect parry. I think that's Jammers and Ringe who are doing the commentary here. <laughs> he was pumping for the super to stop the drive impact, and he still got hit by it. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sure he's waiting for Akuma. Takamura's a big Akuma fan, so he might as well use uh, the closest thing right now, which is this Ken. 
Ken is so strong. We got the burnout over here. Got to be worried about the drive impact, though, but instead just catches him with the crouching medium kick. Now just needs one more mix-up here. I like that wake-up crouching light kick from Libro, but nothing else came out of it, unfortunately. Can't really cancel that into anything. What? <laughs> and then he chips him to death. And there you go. Takamura is going to advance. And uh, he's going to win the tournament. And he is now uh, qualified in Capcom Cup. And again, shout out to Salt Mine League. That's the second of three tournaments uh, that they ran this weekend. But yeah, Takamura, no surprise right there with the Ken uh, qualifying. Then we go to uh, South America East. And this was streamed on UAFG here. Uh, I couldn't find this on their YouTube. Uh, but UFA, UAFG uh, of the streets, uh, basically, De La Calle uh, is the name of their events over here and their group here, as you can see from their logo. Uh, but they have, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's uh, Shaka and uh, Lito. Li Ito. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but I believe... They are both from Argentina. So let me see, Argentina flag, let me just make sure. Yeah, yeah, so both players are from Argentina and I'm pretty sure that's what the A in UAFG stands for. Uh, like Laito, oh Laito, Laito, yeah, probably Laito uh, is probably more what it is, so. Uh, but Shaka and Laito from, uh, or Laito, Leto from uh, Argentina, Argentina going up against each other here. And what's really interesting about this is that, you know, uh, obviously, as you can see, Shaka being up 2-1 and we're watching the last game. So by logic deduction, that means Shaka is going to make it. But that does add another Dalsum to our mix over here. And, uh, yeah, I, I still think Dalsum has the potential to be one of the only characters without an OD wake-up that can be considered one of the top characters. <laughs> That's what happens when you lab combos, Psychodamo. He says, I lab combos in the game and I completely forget what they were and just go ham. That's how it works, man. There, there is something to be said about learning how to implement combos in an actual game. But there's a lot to that topic, by the way. So I would have to save that for a discussion all on its own one of these days. But yeah, you would imagine a character like DJ would be able to do really well against Dalsum, especially with that drive rush and such. But like I said, the Dalsum players are getting stronger. And the better you get at your character, it's very easy. It, it makes it easier for Dalsum to start to beat you up because they know what you're looking for. And they can stop it a little bit more. But as you can see right there, Shaka 22, actually more with the offensive pressure at the end. I mean, look at the sequence at the end here. Like, okay, okay, I'm in with the drill now. Drive rush combo, reset, pressure in the corner, confirm, kill. Corner pressure is the name of Street Fighter 6 right here. 
and even Dalsam can do it. So shout outs to Shaka who adds another Dalsam into the mix here for Capcom Cup. Shout out to them for getting F-Word to come here and actually be a guest commentator on their uh, broadcast. Uh, Dookie and Shaka won last year as well. I mean, uh, so Guhawk says in the chat, funny how like in so many regions, the World Warrior and the online CPT qualifiers are a repeat from last year's. And yeah, I mean, again, you know, a lot of people have said stuff like, oh, wait till Street Fighter 6 comes out because then you'll have to understand how to do. Look, if you're good at a fighting game, you're good at a fighting game, right? And so even though we've switched games, a lot of the players are the same guys uh, going into uh, Capcom Cup. And again, is that really a shock? It's not. <laughs> it's not. So... Uh, why is corner pressure so strong in the game? Factory Worker 1 asks. Uh, largely because there's a lot of corner carry in this game, and then uh, the corner is just dangerous in general, especially thanks to drive impact. Uh, but corner pressure has been really strong in this game and in Street Fighter V, because once you're in the corner, it's just you, you have no ability to control your spacing from the opponent. They have the control of that, and so it's really a lot harder to play uh, footsies while being in the corner. It's generally true for most fighting games. Even if you watch something like Strive, the corner is just absolutely a nightmare. So, uh, you know, fighting games in general, the corner is a bad idea because you do not have the ability to increase the distance from the opponent, only decrease the distance, and that makes playing footsies that much harder by only having one direction to be able to change the spacing. So now we move to Central West over here with Totokai, who is obviously a very strong player, placed really high up at EVO this year, but he's going up against Destroy Gods. Destroy Gods, a Guile player, but both of them from Panama. And this is a matchup that uh, should be in favor of Totokai here. Whoop. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember now. They forgot to update the score until a little bit later, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure it's 2-2 right now. Uh, as you can see, Guile has a two-win streak listed on his side. So I'm pretty sure he just... Yeah, there it is. 2-2. There you go. So uh, Destroy Gods and Totokai. And like I said, this is a matchup that's supposed to be in favor of JP. But, you know, as we were watching the U.S. East... You know, we saw Knuckledo able to take out Banana Ken. We've also seen saw Knuckledo take out Mena's JP. And then I was even told in the chat that Kaba believes Guile versus JP is actually 50-50. So before it was really JP's zoning that murdered Guile. But like I said, nowadays the zoning isn't what makes JP strong. We've kind of figured out uh, the zoning aspect of JP now. So, uh... It's not as strong, so I don't think uh, Guile suffers as badly. I'm not going to be as bold as Kaba to say it's even, but Kaba obviously would know better than me. But for sure, it's definitely not like a awful, awful matchup at the highest levels. At intermediate and at strong levels, it's definitely going to still be a bad fight. And Todokai here gets a perfect here, so Todokai... Uh, I don't know if this was a bracket reset, if one, of them's, uh, if one of them is in the loser side. 
But, you know, they're at final game, final round of this set in particular. And, uh, you know, I saw Todakai at Puerto Rico for first attack. Talked with him a lot there. He was pushing really hard to get into Capcom Cup. And looks like he's just about ready to do it right here. Uh, if this was the, if this was if he was in winners or loser side, uh, I'm not sure. Oh yeah, Hibiki, Hibiki, Lily, yeah. Someone in the chat, Psychodamo says the top player on CFN is a Lily player. Uh, that's Hibiki from Japan. He's absolutely insane. But look at this, destroy gods with the slow, slow play here gets the hit confirms into the level three doesn't quite catch up in life but now Todokai the nerves are setting in here oh, that's 2,000 damage off of that throw that's painful oh everything's falling apart everything fell apart at the end for Todokai destroy gods with the most appropriate handle right there does end up defeating Todakai. And so Todakai is still not qualified for Capcom Cup. We'll see if he decides to travel out to the United States to try to go for the last chance qualifier. Uh, but sure enough, Destroy Gods qualifies from Panama over Grand Todakai. Uh, Grand Todakai, probably the favorite going into that tournament i would imagine so but uh yeah ends up uh losing at the very very end so and according to guhawk it sounds like uh destroy gods has been dominating so this definitely a deserved uh win so perhaps to perhaps destroy gods was the favorite going in here so one of the hardest things about being a commentator guhawk Guhak says in the chat, the commentators were heartbroken for Todakai, but of course, elated for Destroy. It's one of the hardest things. You don't know how hard it was commentating Evo the previous year and uh, not just being so sad for Idom when he lost the Kawano in Grand Finals. Like, it, was, it would have been so easy for me and David just be like, oh, no, Idom, poor Idom, oh. I feel so bad for Idom and like not give Kawano his props. But as a commentator, you got to do what you got to do. So you want to make sure you give the props to the guy who won and be excited for them. So it's definitely tough, tough situation. So, ah, so the world warrior for the region were two for Todakai and three for destroy. Okay. Makes sense. And now we go to Asia South over here. So uh, this is where India is, for example. As you can see, uh, Shadokin is from. Sianik. Uh, Sianik, uh, I think. What's, what is that flag right there? Uh, does, uh, Bangladesh. The Bangladesh flag. Nice. Okay, okay. Thank you for that thing. Guhawk is like the world knowledge guy here. We've got the geographer Guhawk in the chat over here. Thank you uh, very much. He has all the information. Appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so see Anik with the Chun-Li going up against Shadowken 
with the JP. And one of the common things that we've seen here now, actually, if I can take the chance to go back for a second here, I just want to see something. So this one was, uh, this one was Ken and Chun Li. This one was Ken and Luke. This was uh, uh, Blanca and. Okay, so not as many as I remembered. I remembered a few JPs in Grand Finals, but I guess not as many as I... Actually, not many at all. Okay, so Totokai lost here, and then Shadowken with the JP. So the JP's been making it to Grand Finals a couple of times, but again, we haven't seen the pure dominance of uh, JP as a lot of people have been kind of expecting. Any Aki in Grand Finals? No. No Aki's in Grand Finals, unfortunately. Uh, Aki is going to need some buffs. Uh, but see Anik right now with the perfect in that first round. Jesus, that first round went so fast, I didn't even notice. Look at that, dude. That was only like, what, a 20-second round that she's going to get the perfect here in, the in round number one? So here we go. Round number one of the final game here. So see Anik should be at uh, two to one here. Yep, gets with the up kicks, punish counter throw, goes in for the pressure, gets the overhead into the combo, into the bird kick combo. Another throw, just goes for meaty into the overhead again. Literally was a 20 second perfect. And then so see Anik now immediately at match point against Shadoken gets right past the ground spikes. And still hasn't gotten hit in this final game here. It's still basically almost a double. Okay, that's the finally the first hit. Okay. So Shadokin now uh, trying to get a little bit. But see, see again, JP, when you're trying to do the zoning, it's really a guess for JP where you're going to be. So... He suspects that C. Anik is going to dash forward, so he throws the spike out in front, but because C. Anik doesn't do anything, that just gives him all these plus frames to dash here. Remember, if you're getting hit by every one of JP's ground spikes, that's your fault for being predictable where you're going to be. As long as you keep yourself uh, uh, tricky on where you are, it makes it so that it's harder for the JP's to zone you. So that's why the JPs have all gotten much stronger on the offense because it's become more important. You see, see Anik right here literally burning himself out for the level two combo here. Goes for the lightning kick setup instead of the uh, double jump. And yeah, oh, that's so smart. Gets the throw, gets another throw. Trying to chip out Shadowkin right now. Shadowkin with a last chance here. Gets the level one. Yep, see, there we go. But then a beautiful jump. And again, just look at the sequence here from JP. He was right on two spikes in a row. He saw that Sianik was going to stay in place. Then he threw one forward, and that, sure enough, is where Sianik was going to be. But he tried to do another one, and Sianik jumped. And that's what got him to win. The ground spike is a very dangerous thing to throw out, you know, like this to try to control the zoning. And so that's why uh, JP just hasn't had as much success recently uh, because we're starting to understand how to fight him a little bit better. It's when the JP starts to go on the offense and sets up all the gross mix-ups in the corner 
that I feel like JP really shines. But so we have a representative from Bangladesh, which is again super cool. Shout outs to the absolute world warrior style of this of these uh, qualifiers. I mean, to get players from all sorts of different regions like that is is super neat. So I'm really happy uh, for Sianik. So hopefully uh, he has a, success, a successful Capcom Cup. Hopefully he goes there and does some damage. And now we return back to the Salt Mine Leagues again for the Germany Finals. Uh, this is going to be between Gigi Halibel and Random. Random probably being the strongest Manon, uh, one of the two or three strongest Manons on the planet. It's like Idom and Random are basically like the two strongest Manons. I don't know who the strongest Manon in uh, Japan is right now. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, I see. That's a... Uh, that is a copy pasta in my chat. Okay. Um, but as you can see here, GG Halibel with the 2-0 lead over random. So that will probably give you an idea who ends up winning this one. And so as strong as you can be with Manon, still very difficult to, uh, you know, win it all the way at the very end. Obviously, random looking strong here to start. Uh, I mean, we've seen quite a few Indian players for, uh, for, uh, ICFC. So, um, I would imagine they have a pretty decent, uh, number of players over there. I'm sure it's not quite as big as a lot of other places, despite their population, but I'm sure, uh, they have a lot. Oh, that was a bait. Yeah, unfortunately. And so, yep, goes for the meaty fireball to beat any wake-up level ones. So, random now. Trying to make the comeback here. Going to get four medals, by the way. But then just eats a super to the face. Oh, I like that spin through the fireball. Woohoo! Random. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, I want to see the Manon do some work, but man. Yeah, if we can start building up more of the scenes from Africa, I think would be great. Which is why it was so cool that uh, Varix from Senegal qualified for Arc Revo or Arc Arc Tour Finals by winning UFA just recently, just this last weekend as well. So uh, we have a Senegal, Senegalese representative. Oh, random is burned out in the corner. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Well, that'll work. Okay, okay. So random not going down without a fight. Trying to stay in here to the best of his abilities. Oh. That's nice. Oh, he just got him with a raw overhead. That's brutal. Uh, oh, Kaoma. Kaoma's been doing great. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. He's been playing Manon a lot, too. Uh, but that, there it is right there. So Gigi Halibel is going to qualify from Germany. And again, that's on Salt Mine League over here. Just want to do something. Okay, so that's on Salt Mine League. And then from there, we jump to South America West. 
uh, where W Falcon is going up against Nero the Boxer. Uh, I don't know which flag that is either. <laughs> I don't know that flag. So uh, Peru. Okay, there you go. Dude, do you just know what all the flags are, Guhawk? Are you just like one of those people that just knows the flags? That's so useful, I swear. Uh, you think there's any chance someone could surprise everyone with a lily like Snake Eyes did with Geef? I mean, Habiki has the best chance right now coming into this weekend in Japan. Uh, the only other Habikis that I really, I mean, the only other lilies that I really know of are uh, Kichipa plays a little bit of lily, but he does both lily and Zangief. And then uh, I know Combo Fiend has a good lily, but I, I don't think he's competing uh, in any of the events. And then Problem X used to have a lily. Uh, David's really good at geography. Apparently there was this, when Wordle was the big fad, there was a Wordle, uh, which just basically like showed you the shapes of countries and you had to guess what country it was. And I think David would get it on his first try like every time. So I, I, I am geographically impaired, so I am bad with flags and stuff like that. So we've got Nero the Boxer and W Falcon, both from Peru, coming down to the final game. Now, Nero the Boxer, as you can see, is still on winner's side. But we have another situation here with JP going up against DJ. And, you know, interestingly enough, like, it'd be like, haha, see, J we, did, we, we stopped another JP from getting in. But is there any solace that <laughs> we got a DJ in instead? Because DJ, that's a safe jump. Because DJ is clearly, I mean, he's, his stock is rising. So like I said, I actually am tempted to rank DJ above JP these days at number three. Uh, I think W Falcon went to CEO or Combo Breaker this year and made it pretty far. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Uh, oh no, you just ate that jumping down light kick? Yep, drive rush just cool. Yep, but the DJ Army is coming in, man. <laughs> Playing FIFA for 20 years will give you immense flag knowledge. It's a good point, actually. That's actually kind of neat. You just get used to seeing those flags. Nice drive impact. Okay. And so there we go. Looks like things are going Falcon's way here, but of course, this is only round two. Even if he takes this, he needs to take one more round. Look at all that chip damage. It's so scary. But DJ is never done, dude. DJ is never done, but does finally get killed by chip. And so Falcon at reset point. So he's trying to reset the bracket against Nero, Nero the Boxer. I guess it makes sense that Nero the Boxer would play DJ because then you're Nero the Kickboxer. Gonna go into level three. <laughs> if it was scripted like WWE, they would have made it wrote Mike Ross gets Capcom Cup spot with this lily. 
Maybe. I think maybe they might have made him fall just shy to make everybody sad. Oh, he just went for another up kicks? That's so disrespectful. But there you go. Nero does it with DJ. So he qualifies from Peru with DJ. And we finally, finally get to the last World Warrior qualifier from this past weekend. Streamed on Smash Factor Gaming. This is World Warrior Mexico. Mexico. And uh, the grand finals came down to Uriel Valorio, who we have seen many times in the uh, CPT Onlines. And Soul VNG, another player we have seen there many, many times. But this one is the matchup that we have all seen many, many times, which is Luke and Ken. However... Soul VNG rocking the modern Luke. The modern Luke. This might be the first modern player to have made a grand finals of World Warrior here. So Soul VNG trying to become the first modern player in Capcom Cup. Oh yeah, Solvian G and Yura Valoria are both very, very strong. I feel like I've seen both of them in like every CPT online Mexico area, like for the last like few years. But you can't test the reactions of a modern player. Oh, oh nice! Uses the invul on the EXDP. I like it. Let's go. Oh no, he didn't move anywhere. Wait, what happened? <laughs> that was so bizarre looking. Where's my mouse cursor? I can't find my mouse cursor. Here we go. So yeah, so what happened here was he tried to, oh, he tried to drive impact. I see, yeah, it lost all of its momentum at the end. Modern Luke is very strong, Vodka Kabalski. He's actually very strong because uh, level one super is six frames and has invul. And uh, having access to that level one instantly is really, really strong. Oh, yeah, we definitely don't have enough data about modern controls because a lot of people aren't using it as much. And so we're, we're still a little short. On, in terms of knowledge, which is why I don't think there's any reason to ban it or there's any impetus to think that the that the um, uh, modern controls is cheap or broken. <sighs> Seems like modern, so Tuhalu says, I've been seeing some tweets from Capcom about percentages of modern and classic players. Seems like modern has like one third of the players, if that. So naturally going to be harder for one to win. Interesting. That's actually more than I expected, but that's still kind of neat, though. I mean, that's uh, a whole sect of players that we might not have had if it wasn't for modern controls. Of course, CPT Online was this weekend as well. I know this because I was there. Uh, this was for Asia Southeast. And sure enough, uh, in a very similar fashion here, Sien already qualified for his World Warrior, so he's being the gatekeeper to Bravery here, also a Singaporean player. Uh, but because of that, and because Bravery went up against uh, uh, 
S SKZ who also used Cami. That meant that Cami was guaranteed to make it into Capcom Cup finals. And that is actually the first Cami. But Sien is still the ruler of the Southeast, still the ruler of Singapore. Remember, it was like five or six Singapore players in top eight. So Singapore, clearly the strongest region in there. And then Sien is definitely the strongest player in that region. And so as a result, um, Bravery just did not have an easy time fighting against, uh, uh, against Sien. As you can see here, he was doing his best. Came really close here in this first round, but Sien ends up just beating him up anyway. Uh, so Sien technically double qualifies, but uh, he but Bravery gets in by default uh, via via the fact that Sien is already in. What a perfect parry! That was so nice, nice. All right, okay, bravery, let's go. World Warrior, if I'm not mistaken, there's 26 World Warriors. So does that pan out right there? So that's four offline premieres, 18 online premieres. That's 22 plus 26 is indeed 48. So yes, 48 uh, players from World Warrior. <laughs> And then he even goes for the fancy combo at the end. <laughs> Sien uh, ends up taking it. So yeah, so there we have it. Uh, to sum up, uh, Lashar takes it with Chun-Li. And then uh, Mirkin, after being gatekept by Fina, makes it in with Luke. Uh, Mena RD takes it with Blanca over Knuckledo. Uh, Uma qualifies with Jury over Chris Wong, who's already qualified. Fandroid loses to Big Bird, but Big Bird already qualified from CPT Online. So Fandroid makes it in with the DJ or the Ken. So Fandroid is DJ and Ken. Uh, then Takamura makes it in with the Ken. And then Shaka 22, GS Shaka 22 makes it in with the Dalsim. Destroy Gods makes it in with the Guile over Todakai's uh, JP. And then uh, Si Anik from Bangladesh takes it with Chun Li over Shadoken from India. Uh, Gigi Halibel takes it with another Ken over Randoms Manon. And then uh, Nero the Boxer takes it with DJ over W Falcon. And then finally, Sol VNG with Modern Luke over Uriel Valorio. And then also, Bravery qualifies with Cami. So that's the World Warrior, re that's the Capcom Pro Tour recap <laughs> from this past weekend alone. As someone in the chat mentioned, uh, there was supposed to be another one, 
uh, let's see. Yeah, so Guhawk says South America, South Africa World Warrior Finals are supposed to happen this weekend, but there were power issues. So yeah, that uh, tournament has not occurred yet. So that one will occur uh, at some future time, and I am not 100% sure. And it looks like Miranda just took that out of her spreadsheet, and maybe we'll add it back at some point in time. Oh, I see. She has it listed at the top. Yeah, that was supposed to happen. Uh, oh, okay. I think it's happening tomorrow. It might still happen tomorrow. Uh, Central America East. Central America East was supposed to happen today as well. Do we know about the Central America East here? Uh, but also Brazil is supposed to happen tomorrow. Uh, Central America East just happened. Uh, do I wonder if we actually have the Oh, that was Blink Esports, of course, of course. Blick Esports? What the hell is Blick Esports? Blink Esports. So let's see. Oh, they're Blink Esports RD, I think it is, aren't they? Uh, Blink Esports RD. Uh, uh, uh. So they just finished. So their grand finals ended up being, let's see, this is grand finals. So we can watch this grand finals match together over here, but it looks like it's going to be Brian D versus crossover. Aren't they both got no crossover is a Ken player. That's right. So it ends up being Ken versus Guile over here. And they're at one, one in grand finals. And it looks like crossover is on the winner's side. So it looks like crossover is about to take a two O lead potentially here over Brian D and Brian D has been killing it in the world warrior tournaments here for crossover trying to finish uh, him off here. Yeah. just chips him to death. And so now crossover is at tournament point. So he crossover uses Ken DJ and JP. Well, there you go. Only character doesn't play is Luke. Huh? So here we go. Potentially final game here. I actually don't know what the last score is. So we'll just watch this match. Uh, this is actually uh, new to me. Gets the overhead setup. You always have to watch out for that whiff jab after the uh, run Tatsu in the corner, even mid screen, too. Dang, crossover. Dude, perfect KO against Brian D. So potentially here, crossover now with double tournament point, double Capcom point. Now this literally happened about uh, a few hours ago, actually. Uh, how long has this been? Two hours and 46, which started four hours ago. So that's about an hour and 15 minutes ago. Yeah, so this literally concluded about an hour and 15 minutes ago. It looks like with Crossover just completely dominating over Brian D with the scary, scary Ken corner pressure. 
Oh, I thought he was going to walk up and throw. I really did. But he gets the link, and there you go. Crossover has qualified. Now, the interesting situation with this is Crossover has qualified for Capcom Cup before. Uh, but he was unable to make it to Capcom Cup because of visa issues. We'll see if Crossover can actually make it over again this time. I hope he can because it would be a shame if he gets uh, frozen out of Capcom Cup two times due to visa issues. Um, hang on, I need some water. But if you can't make it, then... Um, then uh, then Brian D will probably try to make it. He'll probably have to be the replacement at that point. But there you have it. So we have another Ken qualifying. And then, as I mentioned here, tomorrow we'll get South Africa, maybe. And then tomorrow we have Brazil scheduled. And then this weekend we will get the CPT Online Japan qualifiers in which we're still going to see if Kakeru, Daigo, or Tokido can make it or any of the other bazillion, bazillion ones uh, as well. Uh, tomorrow is UK Ireland World Warrior number five. Okay. Uh, yeah, because their finals is going to be uh, sometime in December, uh, unknown right now. But it's going to be played offline. So they're actually going to play it offline for their World Warrior finals over here. So if tomorrow is uh, number five for UK Ireland. But uh, in terms of qualifiers, tomorrow is going to be Brazil and maybe South Africa. And then Central America East. Yeah, she actually even wrote it down that it was live. Uh, so if I refresh this, uh, does it actually? Nope, it still has it live here. But yep, there you go. So congratulations to Lashar Mirkin, Mena RD, Uma327, Fandroid, Takamura, GS Shaka22, Destroy Gods, Bravery, C. Anik, GG Halibel, MK Nero the Boxer, and Soul VNG. For qualifying to Capcom Cup. And so there you go. That's all the... That's that's basically uh, everybody who's made it in so far. As for... Uh, I see a lot of people asking for character representation. Uh, I will tell you. Let's see if Cat Cammy 6 has come up with a new chart here. So Cat Cammy came up with a new chart. But I don't think that includes crossover right now. I don't think that that actually uh, includes crossover in the chart right now. So that might crossover might be missing. Uh, let's see. That's 7 plus 12. That's 19. So 23 plus 6 is 29. 29, 31 plus 6 is 37. So I have 37 here, only 11 qualifiers left to go. That makes it 48. So no, I think only 10 qualifiers left to go, right? Because I don't think the sheet has the, um, has a crossover on this, on this list over here. But regardless, 
let's take a look at what the chart we have here at this point is. Uh, oh, last chance qualifier. You're right. You're right. 10 plus last chance qualifier. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so here we go. The character that's represented the most is Luke. Oh, but that's right. Uh, I, I counted 37 here, but I've got to subtract three. So there's 34 players who have qualified on this chart here. But uh, that number two next to Luke's head over here indicates that he has two people playing him as a secondary character. Uh, 36 out of 48 players qualified. Okay, so there's 36 here then. And then, so I must have just did my math wrong somewhere. Uh, regardless, <laughs> seven Lukes, two of them being uh, secondary characters. So I don't know how you want to count that uh, because obviously for someone like Mena, it's hard to argue which one is the secondary, although I think at this point uh, Blanca feels like the primary but we can probably say, just because he has two secondaries, that Luke, DJ, and Ken probably are all around uh, basically six representatives. Then if you count crossover from today, Ken is going to be at the most with seven pure players. And again, this seems right to me. This seems right. And then, of course, we also had two Chun-Li's qualify in that uh, slew of videos we just watched so she's out now up to four and so again like is jp actually kind of dropping even below chun li i don't know there's only only quote unquote uh three jps and there's two juries and one player with a side jury over here which i believe is travis styles because I think Travis Styles is mostly Chun-Li right now and has been slowly but surely kind of giving up on the jury. Like, I think he only busts jury out for very specific stuff here. But then afterwards, two Dalsums and two Guiles, and that makes sense here. Uh, what's interesting here is that, you know, there is a modern Luke down here, but if we don't count the difference between modern and classic, that means that there will be basically seven Lukes here <laughs> if you count the two secondaries as half so we have seven Lukes one being modern seven Kens six DJs four Chuns and three JPs the characters with only one representative Zangief I mean we're lucky to even have that one thanks to Snake Eyes Marisa's Big Bird Rashida's Gachacoon Blanca's Mena RD we just saw Bravery qualify with Cami and Soul VNG with the modern Luke and then um yeah Valmaster has a Kimberly but he used to bust Kimberly out against Mr. Crimson and he didn't this last time so yeah I mean I probably <sighs> It's just hard to say for a guy like Mena, which is the primary and which is the secondary. But um, this is the trickiest part right here, obviously, is that uh, seven characters with no representation. And out of all those characters, Kimberly is the one that I'm most surprised about. I'm surprised someone hasn't made it with a Kimberly yet. But outside of that, you know, what do we have? We have Ryu, Jamie, Manon, Lily, Aki, and Honda, right? Honda's the other one that's kind of surprised. There's always the bottom six. 
but Zangief made it in because of Snake Eyes. But the other five are all down here uh, with zero Ryu, zero Jamie, zero Manon, zero Lily, and zero Aki, which is just unfortunate. So those are the characters that clearly need the buffs. And uh, I mean, while you're at it, buff Kimberly and Honda. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I said, Valmaster used to use Kimberly against Crimson all the time, but I don't think it was working. So I think that's why he went with the Chun-Li and ended up winning with Chun-Li. Ending Walker is still not in the tournament, not still in Capcom Cup. And even if he was, that might actually be a DJ because he has switched to DJ recently. Although at UFA, it looked like he played the Ryu again, or did he play only DJ at UFA? I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I know he's switching to uh, DJ uh, a lot more now. It's not gaslighting for Kimberly Buff, step back. It's actual direct pleading for Kimberly Buffs, please. What's up, uh, Black Tyler and Frail? Or actually, that's just Frey. Uh, Punk has not qualified yet. He has one last chance at the online premiere East, but he has to go up against Knuckle Doo and Idom. Uh, Mena RD said he's not going to gatekeep that. So since Mena RD just qualified with the from the World Warrior, so that's Punk's last chance. I have heard uh, people who have been on Punk's uh, Twitch can confirm with me. This is the rumor that I heard, so do not quote this through any sort of respectful, as a respectful resource at all. Uh, but I have heard that if Punk does not win this uh, World Warrior, I'm sorry, the CP Online East, that he will not be traveling for the Last Chance Qualifier. But uh, I'm wondering um, if that's actually true. Last Chance Qualifier is going to be on the same week as Capcom Cup. So it'll be the weekend before Capcom Cup. And if you win, you got to stay for the whole entire week. Or maybe fly home and come back, but that would suck. But basically, Last Chance Qualifier is the weekend right before Capcom Cup. And then we move right on to uh, Capcom Cup after a brief Street Fighter League uh, intermission during the middle of the week. So, yeah, that's one of the hardest ones is if you have to do that and stay for the week. That's a whole, uh, that's a long period of time out there. So, yeah, definitely rip wallet, basically, if you actually make that. So, uh, he said it on stream after World Warrior East, so he may change his mind. Who knows? Okay, so he did say it then. Uh, Punk is in the S. Well, we don't know which are the championship teams from the the, the the Street Fighter League world yet. We don't know who won that yet. So we don't know which teams are going to be representing uh, at Street Fighter League for the world side of things, for the U.S. side of things. Necromancy Black says, not going to lie, Kim would be held to fight if they gave her outright buffs. I mean, I just think if they just gave her an ODDP, that's enough. I think that's enough. I don't think that would make her impossible to fight against. And I think that would just make it so that at least she can survive in the corner. And that's it. And, and yes, yes, that does mean that I also think Lily, should, her ODDP should also be strike in Vol as well. And frankly, I wouldn't mind making Honda's uh, EX headbutt throw in Vol. <laughs> 
I'm totally down with that too. Uh, obviously it has armor, so maybe not. I mean, people have suggested giving uh, Honda the butt slam, make that throw invul, so he has to guess at least between the two. But I really do think that most characters need better ways to escape. And the characters who don't have that are just suffering way, way too much. Way too much. So, um... Uh, what about no ODDP, but they normalize her damage? I think she would still lose. I don't think the damage is going to be what makes her break Kimberly, to be honest with you. Because the problem is when you get trapped in the corner, you're, you just die. Like, you literally have no way to get out of the corner. So it doesn't matter if she does more damage if she never hits you. If you put her in the corner and she just dies, so... Uh, yeah, it's really frustrating. So, uh, I mentioned Sim can be top tier without OD wake up. I don't think he can be top tier, but I think he can be in the mix of things like Marisa. And that is just because Dalsum zoning is still very, very strong. Uh, Dalsum zoning, he probably has the best zoning in the game right now. Yes, better than JP's. Uh, and when you watch players like FChamp play... Uh, Dalsum now, I mean, it's just, it's like a pain in the butt to get in on him. So giving Dalsum an OD wake up might actually make him too strong. Uh, but it's an interesting balance for Dalsum. I don't think he'll ever be, I don't think he'll be like Ken Luke tier uh, until he gets uh, and let, without an ODDP, but I'm not sure that he needs one and needs to get that strong because Dalsum is the kind of character that you're going to get the experts playing, the Dalsum experts playing him. And even if he is only eighth best or seventh best or sixth best in the game, you're going to get the expert Dalsums destroying everybody with that character. So if you gave him like one or two small buffs here and there, I think he'll be good enough. So... Teleport is not invul on the first frame. Mm. So he can't get out. Teleport is actually punishable on the first three or four frames, I believe. By hits and throws. So uh, since Street Fighter V, actually. Dalsum, Street Fighter V, and Street Fighter VI, his teleport is never ha doesn't have true invul anymore. Uh, I think it's worse in this game than it was in V. But that was just part of the whole nobody should have any kind of escape at all without meter. At all. At all. At all. So between five and six, nobody has any invincible anything as an escape without spending meter. So that basically happened to uh, Dalsum. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of that decision. Although in Street Fighter Six, I mind it less because the OD gauge is something you gain back naturally and you start with a full meter. So you essentially start the around with the ability to escape with OD moves. I still prefer Street Fighters just having invincible moves overall, but it's just not the direction that the game has decided to go anymore. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's just not the way it works. I mean, to be fair, Third Strike had a lot of characters that did not have invincible dps like abuki and dudley didn't have invincible dps unless you spent the meter for ex as well but they also had parries so you know <laughs> they also had parries so it, it didn't really matter um 
But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I honestly think if you just gave Kimberly and uh, Lily and, frankly, Aki, if you just made Aki's little command dash actually strike Invul so she just gets out of the corner, I, like, would she be broken? Would she be broken if she just had a free corner escape with that, uh, with the command dash? I mean, you could still bait it out and put, like, give it more recovery once it ends. Because right now, if it passes through you, it has no strike vulnerable frames, but it can be thrown. It still has throw invul frames. Just make it so it has a little bit more recovery at the end, but make it invincible at the start. I think that's fair. Uh, like I said, Honda, you could give the two options of butt slam stops throws. And, and then for Manon, I keep saying, like, once she gets to, like, level three... She should gain uh, throw invulnerability on her command on her on her OD command throw, and then when she gets to level five, she should just get like throw invulnerability, even on her regular command throw, and so that way you know she doesn't have a strike invul. But now you're absolutely terrified to go and try to throw loop her, because if you try and she level five medals you. With her, with her own command throw, you're going to lose this chunk of life and it's not going to be funny. It's not going to be funny. It's fun. So uh, I think that would be hilarious. And interesting enough, Jamie and Ryu have it, but they're still not considered very good. So, um, But that see, the crazy thing is like I'm almost done. Everybody else has an OD wake up. The only ones that I haven't mentioned now are Marisa and Zangief. So honestly, like they, they, there's really not much. Um, there's not very many characters that don't have it. See, in Street Fighter V, only four characters at launch had invincible DPS, and that felt unfair to the giant chunk of characters who didn't have one. And so in season two, they just took it away from the four characters that had it. But in this game, most characters have OD DPS. And so, rather than take it away from everybody, I would just give everybody the ODDP. Uh, yeah, basically, EX Wake Up. Remember, EX moves are called overdrive moves in this game because they use the drive gauge. So instead of EX, we call them ODs, basically. So uh, I, I don't think it would take that much. So... Uh, <laughs> daily reminder Rashid DP is frame six and gotcha kun qualified <laughs> I mean to be fair uh Rashid still works as a wake up really really well obviously if someone does the jump back punch to blow it up that's great but that just means that the threat is still there so if the guy walks up and predicts an OD wake up spinning mixer from Rashid and does the jump back heavy punch with Luke and the Rashid does nothing she kind of now has carte blanche to try to get out of the corner. So it's really not that bad. Again, the ODDP is less about actually landing it all the time, but more at least you have that threat so that the opponent has to think about it more. Because keep in mind, when you have that ODDP, it's going to kill you almost as often as it is going to save you. I mean, we saw that Uma versus Chris Wong match and Uma just baited out a couple of ODDPs and just murdered Luke for doing them. So it's not like it's a thing that's going to absolutely win you situations, but 
it is something that as long as the opponent has to keep in mind, it's such a powerful and useful technique. Yes, like Chupasaurus says, threat is more serious than actual use, for sure. Yeah, and a Rashid's DP, uh, OD spinning mixer is crap for anti-air, but I think, I think that's on purpose. I don't think they wanted it to be a good anti-air, uh, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that this is a pretty good indication of the tier list right now. I really think that this is pretty accurate. Uh, if we count Luke as six, thanks to Modern over here, uh, and erase the secondaries, and then we give Ken seven thanks to uh, Crossover, we have seven Kens, seven Lukes and DJs, four Chuns, three JPs, two Juries, because one is a secondary, two Juries, Dalsums, and Giles, and then one Geef, Manon, uh, Rashid, Blanca, Cami, And I, I only think that this is a little skewed thanks to Snake Eyes because technically Zangief should be down here. But then I, the ones that surprised me the most are Honda and Kimberly who haven't actually qualified yet. Do you think they'll fix Lariat for anti-air? Who knows, dude? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, Blanca is kind of an outlier because he's too low. Sangeef is an outlier because he's too high. <laughs> but outside of that, like, this is a really good representation of the tier list. And again, does this mean that these characters are too strong? Not too strong. They're stronger. And so with a million dollars on the line, more people are going to use them. And they're going to have more success because they are stronger. But that doesn't mean all the characters down here are whack. As, you know, people in the chat were mentioning, the number one player on ranked right now is still Habiki's Lily. So Habiki clearly could win. So but yeah, this is the state of Capcom Cup right now. Uh, that should be 37 players qualified now. And so we only have, uh, so 37 players qualified with 48 to go, so that's 11 left. So that's 10 more World Warriors and one LCQ. That's what we have right there. That's what we uh, have at this point in time. So, uh, yeah, so uh, interesting situation here. Uh, the, the character usage chart doesn't really surprise me. It's actually very, very, like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, yep, there's still online premieres left, and there's a couple of World Warriors left as well. So, um, uh, did I say, uh, 10 World Warriors? I, I meant, uh, so let me see, uh, so Central America, I'm sorry, South Africa, Brazil, and Spain and Portugal still need to run, uh, theoretically, uh, tomorrow Brazil is running, not sure about South Africa. Spain and Portugal is running uh, this weekend. And then everything else from then should be the uh, online premieres uh, from that point forward. Oh, no, also UK and Ireland and uh, China are going to run as well. So those are two more uh, world warriors that need to finish. So there you go. Uh, Japan, so according to Guhak, Japan, Spain, France, Portugal, uh, 
UK, US Midwest, and US East are the online premieres left. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Try to make sure I pronounce Portugal correctly. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, there you have it. That's the World Warrior recap for this week. That was a much longer recap because there was a lot more to recap. So thank you for sticking around and listening to this and watching this whole entire thing. Uh, again, I uh, hope you enjoyed this on YouTube. I don't know if I'll do another recap because it's not this confusing from this point forward. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens unless you enjoy these kind of recaps. Maybe I can just kind of do more uh, as we go. But uh, that'll, that's all I have here for the recaps. I've got very small things to talk about over there. Uh, the, if you are on YouTube, uh, take a look to see if these kind of show up uh, on the YouTube uploads. But I really do appreciate all the support uh, that I've been getting on YouTube recently. So uh, thank you guys. Thank you viewers. And uh, keep watching the videos. Keep uh, working that YouTube algorithm for me. Throw in more comments in the chat. So I uh, hope you guys have been enjoying that. But for those of you here on Twitch, don't go anywhere. More content to come. But uh, on YouTube here, you know the drill. You guys know the drill. Uh, the day that this podcast graced your ears was the most important day of your life. But for me... It was Tuesday. Welcome to It Was Tuesday, and today we have an episode over one year in the making. No, I'm just kidding. I'm try, try, not trying to rub it in for the poor Dragon Ball Fighters fans, but yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it has been announced. Finally, we have a Dragon Ball Fighters rollback network beta test coming up very, very soon. In fact, in just... A couple of days and the reason why I joke about the over a year in the making is that they announced they were gonna put rollback into Dragon Ball Fighters at the last Evo last last Evo not just this one this past year a couple of months ago but literally in 2022 at Evo they announced Dragon Ball Fighters rollback edition and uh, then from there, it went complete radio silence. And the Dragon Ball fans were definitely very upset and very frustrated because we got no news about it. And like literally there were like websites created like how many days since the announcement, you know, before we've gotten rollback, you know, like and, you know, people have been like, oh, my God, you know, uh, there was like somebody retired before we got rollback in Dragon Ball. There were so many, so many memes uh, all over the place. 
So uh, we're still not getting the actual thing, but we're getting a public beta test, at least a public beta test. Now, obviously a lot of people are like, what took them so long? Probably it was harder than they expected, right? Uh, the rollback is not simple uh, just to add in there. And in fact, I, who was it? Was it the Granblue team that was talking about it? That basically when they made Granblue Fantasy versus Rising, it was just basically like they almost had to write the whole game again just to get rollback in there. Uh, I'm not sure. It was one of those games. I can't remember which one it was. But, um, you know, people ask, well, how come you don't have to do that for something like King of Fighters 13 or all the games that uh, uh, Code Mystics has done? A lot of those games, they're smaller in size, smaller in memory, so it's easier to create save states for them, and so uh, less expensive to create save states. And so uh, in a lot of these 3D games here, and a lot of these bigger games, it's a lot more work to actually do it. So when they announced that they were going to take on rollback, they were probably thought, ah, it should be like a year project, and it probably turned out to be far more difficult than expected. But uh, let's go ahead and just take a look at the official like announcement trailer here. So this is obviously uh, Tomoko Hiroki, the uh, producer of Dragon Ball Fighters. So I will be the uh, the English out loud reader for those listening to this potentially on podcast. Hello everyone, I am Hiroki, the producer of Dragon Ball Fighters. Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour 2023 and 2024 started at EVO in August. And we have finished all the power tournaments as of today's UFA. Thank you to all the players who participated in the power tournaments and to everyone who cheered enthusiastically at the event and online. Whoa, that went fast. In January, we'll be holding the finals at the Dragon Ball Games Battle Hour with all of the winners of the power tournaments. I hope everyone will join us in watching the final battle to see who will become the world champion. I would like to take this opportunity to announce the upcoming public beta test. And by the way, this video was shown at UFA and uh, the audience reaction was palpable. Like the people were going absolutely nuts in the audience. It was really, really cool to see. So, uh, but yes, she says that um, the upcoming public beta test on Steam with the rollback implemented. First of all, we apologize for making you wait. We are very grateful to all of you who have been waiting for it. We have been working hard to build a satisfying environment. And now that we're finally ready to share with you, we would like to hold a public beta test on Steam from November 30th, 2023. The beta test is available to all owners of Dragon Ball Fighters for Steam. Please check the official website and the social media for more details on the public beta test. We look forward to your participation. The entire Dragon Ball Fighters team is devoted to making the game more enjoyable for everyone. 
So thank you for your support again. Yeah, obviously a lot of people, I mean, some people in the chat are talking about this already, but you know, this public beta is not available for console owners. So a lot of console owners are sad about that. Um, but yeah, as anti-mage says in the chat, France never stopped playing Dragon Ball Fighters. It was the best place to announce. And it was pretty cool because it, obviously it was the last uh, stop on their tour. But again, Dragon Ball Fighters finally getting uh, updated news on the uh, rollback. It is coming finally. The beta is starting literally in two days of this live Twitch broadcast on YouTube. Uh, it might literally be starting today if I get the videos up at the right time. Uh, but, you know, so interesting enough, the reason why I have this down here, because even somebody in the chat's like, I feel like adding rollback this late almost seems, oh, I see, almost like we won't be getting a DBFZ2. Yeah, that's a really uh, interesting concern right there. It feels weird that, yeah, they are, you know, still working so hard on this version of the game as opposed to saving it for the sequel like they did for Grand, Ball Fan Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. So that is one concern, but... Um, you know, uh, as to Hollow says in the chat, the other argument is that they are testing rollback in this game so that it's ready for Dragon Ball Fighters 2. But, um, you know, I have seen some people actually saying that they felt like that this is almost too little too late. You know, that the announcement, because it, people waited so long, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, I don't think... I don't agree with that, to be honest with you. I mean, I again... We're, we've been adding rollback to older games, right? And, and, and games in the FGC, as long as you continue to support them, games don't die. And one of the beautiful things about a game like Dragon Ball Fighters is that that game is never going to look old. Mm. That game is going to look fresh for the rest of its life. Like, it's never going to look outdated because <laughs> it looks just like the cartoon. <laughs> So it's never going to look outdated. So, you know, it's one of those games that I feel like, you know, as long as people keep playing it, it could be a super turbo. It could be a third strike that people just play forever. And there's really no reason to, you know, uh, move on from the game, uh, honestly. So I think this is, there's no such thing as too late. I mean, think about the you know, Exert fans who just got rollback and how happy they were, right? I mean, that wasn't too late for them either. KOF 13 is coming out now with rollback and KOF 13 fans are happy. Hell, um, I'm, I could even blend this in here right now. Killer Instinct is getting a patch. <laughs> this is a patch updated. Uh, they're updating the game 10 years after the game's release. And I don't think that that's going to be uh, considered too late. Yeah, Melee getting slippy. Uh, people are certainly happy about that. And, it, it you know, I just, I, I don't think there's such a thing as having it too late. And as people have mentioned, France never stopped playing Dragon Ball Fighters. There's a lot of people who are still big fans of the game and they just can't play it online, Right, and that's the rough part. So getting the rollback, even this, even this later after the announcement. And again, I know I just have sympathy and empathy for everybody. So you know the fact that you know it probably was a lot harder for the devs than the devs thought. And so I actually just feel for them. They probably were like, "Crap, 
oh, this was way harder than we thought. We probably should have waited to announce this. And But, you know, they wanted to get people excited. They wanted to get people happy for it. Unfortunately, it kind of backfired because people started losing patience. But as a result, I, I, like I said, I think that we should all be happy that here we finally got the update. Here's the game. And I think that's really, really, really great honestly, uh, that the game is getting rolled back. I mean, I still argue that Street Fighter 4, Ultra Street Fighter 4 needs a rollback edition. That game needs rollback edition. I don't know if Capcom would even bother trying to do it because it would probably be a lot harder for Street Fighter 4 than we think it's going to be uh, because the game wasn't built for it. So it'll probably take a lot more work and it probably doesn't have the... The ease, or unless they hire Code Mystics, because maybe they could use their Exert knowledge for, uh, um, for uh, actually, didn't the Exert rollback, was that in-house or was that Code Mystics that did? I think that was in-house. But in any case, you know, I, I do think Ultra Street Fighter 4 would be really cool to have a rollback edition. Yeah, so it was in-house. It was in-house. So, I don't know, maybe Capcom could hire hire them to do it for ultra street fighter 4 because people hire arxis for everything these days but um yeah i mean i i think rollback is important and basically uh almost every game that we really care about has some form of rollback now uh except for street fighter 4 right i mean most of the old games have rollback implemented now, like the latest Blaze Blue has it now, even Guilty Gear Exert, Guilty Gear XX has rollback, you know. Dude, like all the old, old games, you can get rollback on Fightcade. So it's just, we're at a point right now where just about any fighting game that you want to play, you can find a way to play it with rollback. So uh, honestly, it's, oh yeah, okay, so Tekken... Tekken, maybe not, but uh, I don't know what's going on with Tekken 8. I'm not going to say that it doesn't have rollback, but it uh, doesn't feel like the rollback that we're used, that we want, but that's a whole nother story. Soul Calibur 6 rollback. Oh, that would be nice. Oh, that would be nice. Uh, then I might actually start, then I could actually stream Soul Calibur sessions again. Uh I mean, even VF has rollback on uh, some of the old versions, right? Like, you can play VF3 and VF2 on Fightcade, if I'm not mistaken, with rollback. Obviously, it's just the modern version uh, of, of uh, the game that doesn't have the rollback. Uh, what are the chances of guest characters in Street Fighter VI? I don't think they're high, and I don't think they need them, to be honest with you. I think Street Fighter VI would be weird with guest characters. I'm not sure if I really feel like I need them. If there are guest characters, I would hope that they are definite hardcore fighting game characters. You know, like a uh, Terry Bogard or a Jin Kazama or something like that. I wouldn't want like some weird random movie comic book character or something like that. So, uh, But again, Street Fighter has never really been one of too many uh, guest characters. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm... I don't I wouldn't mind if they didn't put any guest characters in Street Fighter. And on top of that, you know, yeah, actually, you know what? I do want a guest character. I do want a guest character in Street Fighter. You know which guest character I want? I want Sodom. 
I want Saddam from Final Fight to be a guest character in Street Fighter VI. I want Crimson Viper uh, of Street Fighter IV to be a guest character. <laughs> There's so many classic characters in Street Fighter that I feel like if they added a guest character, it would be wasting a slot that we could use for a character like Sea Viper, like for Saddam, like for Geki, <laughs> for Eagle, for, you know, there's so many characters that you could actually put in the game that would elicit similar kinds of reactions to being guest characters. But yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm really happy for the Dragon Ball, uh, you know, uh, fans out there. I mean, I put that out on social media and literally one of the first responses I get is, a year and a half after announcement is too late. We don't care anymore. And I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, there's plenty of people out there who care. And I think, uh, I think uh, that's really cool. So uh, I hope it goes well. I hope the rollback is really good because I know like for, oh, Samurai Showdown is another game that's been languishing as well. They're in eternal beta trying to make the rollback work, but you can see how much work that they've been putting into the game to try to make it work. It's not that easy just to stick rollback in there. As I've explained to people, rollback is not just something that you're just like, unplug this rollback engine and plug in the new rollback engine. That's not how it works. Rollback requires a lot of internal, you know, it needs to basically put its fingers into everything because it needs to be able to save state, roll back, and then decide what to do in odd situations where rollback does occur. How does it handle lighting or a hit spark or how does it handle this? Unless you can get just a hardcore state save, uh, you have to build in a lot more uh, intelligence around the rollback, which is what makes it tricky. Has any mainline Street Fighter game had any guest characters? No, not, I don't think so, so. Um, but yeah, so uh, excited for Dragon Ball Fighters fans. I really hope it comes out well. And I really hope that this brings in a lot more players and revives a lot of the old school players. And, you know, uh, I really hope that they announce another year of the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour. And I hope they continue to support this game and keep up at it. You know, even if we don't get another new Dragon Ball game. I mean, look at what the Killer Instinct scene. I've talked to some of the Killer Instinct guys before and asked them, do you want a new Killer Instinct or do you guys enjoy your Killer Instinct so much that maybe all you'd care about is a new patch and new characters to your existing game? And a lot of the KI players were like, I kind of just want <laughs> patches and new characters to the existing game. Like they weren't sitting there clamoring for a new game. And, you know, again, you know, that's kind of how sports works, right? You stay with the one game. You don't need a new game all the time, which is why I asked the Project L guys, like League of Legends, they've never had a League of Legends 2. So is Project L ever going to have a sequel or are they going to just try to keep building it like they did Project L? Obviously, they couldn't answer that question because they probably haven't really made that decision yet. But, uh, you know, I mean, maybe that's something, that, a path that games like Killer Instinct and Dragon Ball Fighters can just go down. Just keep, make, just keep enhancing the existing game, you know, and I think that would be kind of neat. 
Yeah, I mean, if they added guest characters to Street Fighter Five, yeah, I guess Akira would be the closest one. But, you know, Sakura was in Rival Schools. They're all kind of part of the same universe already uh, anyhow. So, but yeah, give the old game a new coat of paint good enough. And like I said, Dragon Ball Fighters is a game that's never going to really need a new coat of paint. I just, I don't see how that game could ever start looking outdated. Like, I feel like 10 years from now, Dragon Ball Fighters is going to look just as good as it always has. Like, I just don't know that it could ever look better than it already does, honestly. So, uh, and KI was already, look, was already an amazing looking game. So that game doesn't even look outdated right now. Because it was hardcore designed to be for the, the current console, the, 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 the Xbox One, I should say, the previous console generation. So, uh, Oh, but you meant a new coat of paint like rollback net coat or better lobbies. Yeah, that works too. That works too. Uh, but yeah, I really feel like uh, Dragon Ball Fighters could just keep going with this and we'll see what they do. Fighting games, of course, that's all we feel like we would need is just, you know, sequels 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 but you know if you like the characters already and they're really cool you know uh why <laughs> why not just keep with the characters that you have and just be excited and add new characters right and just keep enhancing what i obviously fighting games get kind of crazy what a lot of people don't realize is that it's healthy for fighting games to reset down to 18 characters because it's easier for people to get into like if you wanted to get into street fighter 5 right now you have to learn 44 matchups that's like 48 matchups i think now and that's just like oh god there's just so much it's too intimidating uh so sometimes it is nice that way but uh it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be in my opinion so uh you know, I, I feel like games like Killer Instinct and uh, and Dragon Ball could just kind of keep going the way they are. And I think it would be fine, so. Uh, Smash needs a roster trim, right? <laughs> There's way too many characters in that thing, Jesus. Uh, but uh, that's all I really have to say about that. I don't think it's too late. I think it's cool. I think we should be excited for the Dragon Ball fans. Again, I don't even play Dragon Ball Fighters, but you know, I just want to be happy for all the different communities out there, man. I want to be happy for Dragon Ball Fighters. I want to be happy for Killer Instinct. And you know what? I mean, let's just let's just talk about Killer Instinct here because I feel like this is all kind of related anyway. So yeah, Killer Instinct just announced a 10th anniversary patch. Keats did another live patch reading where he talked about the patch notes. And yeah, they're, they're taking this patching very seriously because some characters didn't even get any changes. And the list of characters that didn't get any changes was much larger than I expected. There's like six or seven or eight characters that got no changes that they felt like were in a good position. And then they nerfed and buffed a few other characters. Like I know for sure, oh, 10 characters who didn't get any changes. I know, for example, Rash has been considered extremely strong for a very long time. So I know Rash got nerfed a little bit, you know, and uh, again, Keats has been very good with the balance. So uh, I didn't look through the details of the balance notes patches because uh, I wouldn't understand the context of them as well. 
but I think that that's really, really cool that they actually patched it 10 years later, and now the Killer Instinct t fans are all so excited about that, and literally the game just came out today. So the anniversary edition for Killer Instinct came out today, remastered to be for, truly 4K, I think it was, and with the patch notes in there. And so, yeah, if you're a fan of Killer Instinct, you basically kind of got a shot in the arm for your community here. And I think that that's really, really cool. Uh, Microsoft now owns Blizzard, so we can get Warcraft, Overwatch, Starcraft, and Diablo characters in a new KI. And again, why a new KI? Why not add them to the existing KI? <laughs> like, why start all over again? I mean, especially a game like Killer Instinct, where the game mechanics are so finely tuned to be exactly how it should work. Like, if we made a new Killer Instinct, do you want a way, do you want them to change the breaker system? Do you want them to change the way a lot of the game systems work? I don't think you do. Like again, the counter breakers and combo breakers and the auto doubles and all the, the ways that everything works and the way that, you know, Iron Galaxy tweaked everything so that the lights were less reactable, but then the heavies were, like all that stuff. Like what new systems would you wanna add to KI? What new system could possibly enhance this game to be, to, to, you know, make it feel different enough from the previous game? Or would you just want it to be like Tekken and have it be like 90% the same, but now instead of bound, I have spiral <laughs> attacks, you know, kind of thing. You know, maybe that's what you want, uh, honestly. But, you know, KI has just never been a game that, that struck me as something that I feel like needs to have an update to it. Like, new characters, and especially because the characters are so crazy enough in the game as it is, I really don't feel like the game really needs an update, you know? I, I just feel like the game can exist exactly as it is, and you just keep adding new characters. Uh, and again, like, if you just, like, Black Tiger says, yeah, just add some mechanics, but what? What mechanic? I don't know how you could possibly add a mechanic to the game without overbloating the game because every character has their own mechanics as they are. Agonos is a mechanic, you know, as a character. Uh, Ancient Crystal asks, is KI a good fighting game? It's a very, very good fighting game. It is something that is definitely will, uh, you know, be dependent on your taste for things. But the way it's designed, it is a very good fighting game. It is a very complicated fighting game. And it is a fighting game that makes you tired because you can never stop thinking even when you are getting hit. Like, it's the most mentally active fighting game that I may have ever played in my life. Because even when you're attacking, even when you start doing your combos, you can't muscle memory your combos anymore. When you get hit by the enemy's combos, you can't stop paying attention and just waiting for the combo to end. The whole game is constantly like, okay, I gotta change this combo, make this harder. Should I do a light auto double or should I do a heavy? Is he gonna do this? Should I try to break this or should I let him? Maybe he'll try to bait him into a counter breaker even though I'm not gonna go for it. Dude, the game just completely 
makes you mentally tired. Like you are constantly thinking in that game because of the way that the system is designed. And that's why I don't feel like you could add any mechanics to it because I feel like that would just make the game so overloaded that you would actually just go crazy. And yeah, uh, and it's still amazing for noobs because there's a ton of very beginner friendly ways to play the games. Like there's, there's modern control modes in the game that make the combos very, very easy to do. Yeah, and Hammered Wookie says, I have mad respect for top-level KI players because you're 100% right. Absolutely. That's just, that's kind of the way that it goes, dude. That game is, uh, oh boy, that game is, I mean, I, tr I tried to play it and then after a while I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and uh, put this on the back burner for me because it was too mentally taxing for me. But that is one of the things that the KI fans love about it. It is... It is a game that really, really uh, forces you to think constantly and like the entire time you're playing it, it's a mix up and it's really tricky. And the th crazy thing is, you know, a lot of people don't like the idea of a combo breaker because you're like, well, I work so hard landing the hit. Why do I now have to guess when I actually land my combo? It's so stupid, right? Like why, why should I? So the reason why... <laughs> it doesn't feel bad in KI is because every character is so broken. Every character is so cheap in the game. Like, if you put them in any other game without combo breakers, you'd just be like, this is the dumbest game ever because, like, I can't block anything. <laughs> I literally can't block anything. Like, this is impossible. Like, this character is absolutely insane. So because they knew you had the backup combo breaker ability, they could make the characters broken. And that's one of the joys of the game. If you like that kind of fighting game where all the characters feel powerful, that's Killer Instinct. Uh, that's modern Killer Instinct right there. So... Yeah, the biggest weakness of Killer Instinct was that it was that it was on uh, beta on Xbox One forever and only ever got finally released on Steam or Windom Win uh, the Windows games game for Windows like years later, you know. Uh, but yeah, it is available on Steam now. It is available on Game for Windows. The hard part is that Steam can't play crossover. Uh, but games for Windows can cross over to the Xbox One. They can play uh, cross-platform, but Steam cannot. And that is one of the problems right now. But I don't, I, with this update, I'm not sure how it's going to work. So, uh, But yeah, I mean, the, the people who love KI love KI for a reason. Because that game is just, it's so crazy. Like I said, every character in there just makes you like it's one of those games where you feel like every character is cheap and you're just like, I don't even know how they even let them get away with this. And every character is very different, too. Like you talk about Agnos, you talk about uh, General Ram, you talk about, you know, all they all have like three fighting game mechanics in the, in one character. Like, you think, like, oh, okay, Agnos has this crazy armor thing. Oh, he also can build walls. Oh, and he can knock you through multiple walls and it does more damage. Oh, he also has, like, he just has, like, there's, like, four mechanics for every character that are unique to that character. And so it's just, there's a lot of depth in the game. There's a lot of fun in that game. Uh, 
it can feel intimidating, but again, for the players who dedicate to Killer Instinct, it's very, 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 very worth it. <laughs> um, I bought the Steam version on Cyber Monday before the anniversary update. Didn't find out Windows Xbox was better until after I bought it. But I do have Game Pass, so I have both platforms. There you go. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, but yeah, uh, so check that out if you guys get a chance. But kind of tying in with the rollback beta concept, of, it was, is it too late? Like, it's never too late. Again, when the Exert fans got their rollback, they were all cheering. Killer Instinct has always been the paragon of rollback. Uh, even before rollback became more popular, it was one of the first major fighting games to get rollback and their rollback has always been some of the best rollback uh, in the business and uh, yeah 10 years later it's getting another patch and you know I don't think the Killer Instinct fans could be you know I don't think that there's a single disappointed person out there even the Rash players out there I think know how good Rash was and probably deserved some nerves <laughs> So I, they're probably not even that mad about it, uh, to be honest with you. So, yeah, the Windows Store version has full crossplay with, uh, with the console on ranked, is as I mentioned. So, uh, Steamed rank is is separate from everybody else. Can you play casual crossplay? Can you play casual on Steam? Like, could you create lobbies and play with other players on Steam? Oh, you can. Oh, okay, okay. So in other words, if you have the Steam version, you can still play with your friends on the other uh, platforms. You just can't play ranked with them. That makes, okay, there you go. Thank you guys for the clarification out there. Thank you, because I never got that straight once it all came out because I was like, I don't even know oh, games for Windows, whatever, Steam, whatever. This is before I actually gamed on PC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, so yeah, uh, look. Just like when Exert got the rollback announcement, you know, I said like a lot of guys like Pat the Flip and Coquette and all those guys who do work so hard keeping... Guilty Gear Exert alive, you know, they were ecstatic, right? When the Dragon Ball uh, network test got announced, if you watch the footage from UFA, the players were ecstatic. You know, the Killer Instinct fan base right now are so excited to play this game. Fighting games don't get old. Fighting games don't get old. I'm sorry, like, it just doesn't happen. Fighting games are like the genre that are like, if it's fun, it just, it stays fun. Like it never gets to the point where you feel like, you know, something feels out of date about this game. Like Super Turbo is still fun. Vampire Savior is still fun. Third Strike is still fun. MVC2 is still fun. Sailor Moon on the Super Nintendo is still fun. TMNT Tournament Fighters on the SNES is still fun. You know, it's like fighting games don't get old. And so even though it's 10 years later for KI or a year and a half after the rollback announcement for Dragon Ball Fighters or Exert getting rollback years later, Blaze Blue finally getting rollback, BB Tag getting rollback, and even XX uh, Accent Core Plus R getting rollback. Like, 
all the KOF games getting rollback, right? Rollback for KOF 11, please. You know, a new UM edition of KOF 11 with rollback, please. Like doing all of that stuff will always be worth it because no matter what, fighting games do not get old. And that's, that's it's just the truth. It's just the truth, right? The fighting games that were fun a long time ago, yes, they may not look graphically as intense, but like they're just as fun as they've ever been, man. Seriously. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, support fighting games. And as long as you keep playing them, there's, there's life to be breathed in fighting games. So there you go. Make sure you keep playing your fighting games. Make sure you keep playing your favorite fighting games because as long as you show support for it, look at the kind of stuff that you get out of it. Look at the, the benefits you reap from it. So it's very, very cool. Anti-Mage, they're already announcing that, right? KOF 13, <laughs> they're literally releasing the rollback version, right? <laughs> it's already been announced. KOF 13's already getting rollback. So, um, I think I still have the CD, the killer cuts. <laughs> oh, it's only on console right now. There's nothing about steam. Ah, okay. Okay. That's odd. That's like backwards. That's really backwards. That's funny. Okay. Huh? Very weird. Very weird. But there you go. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. So, uh, yeah, support, keep playing your fighting games, dude, man. It's, 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 this community is so unique and it's so fascinating. And I love this community. It makes it very hard because literally our genre has too many good games to play. Too many. I just retweeted something about Tatsunoko versus Capcom recently. And God, I wish more people were playing that game as well. Uh, but you know, there's just, there's just the, the fighting games are great and they're just, they're so, they never get old, man. <laughs> they just don't get old. So, uh, you never know what happens. It's going to happen for a game you support out there, like an Exert, like a killer instinct. Uh, so keep it up, keep it up. Keep playing those fighting games, no matter how old they get. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I think that'll be it for on the YouTube and on the Twitch side. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, hope you guys continue to watch this content. Again, if you enjoy the content, please let me know on Twitter so that I can retweet it as, you know, like people saying like, oh, hey, you know, like uh, testimonials, like for movies, like, oh, James Chen's content is some of the best content in the FGC. Gene Shallot of the New York Report. You know, like, just... The <laughs> or leave comments below if you like the comments uh, content here. And I'll just uh, copy and paste your comments into Twitter as well. So, again, uh, appreciate you guys for the continued support. And uh, the day that this podcast graced your ears was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday.